Welcome to Incubator by Planet Ant Podcasts. My name is Mike McGettigan, executive producer of the network. At Planet Ant, we pride ourselves on exploring new talent and bringing new voices to the stage. So we're bringing that to the world of podcasting. We'll regularly feature six-episode short-run series commissioned exclusively for the Incubator podcast. Some of these might become full-run podcasts of their own, and some might just stay within what we're doing here. Incubator. Stick around. You might like what's next. He sang here? Your daddy wrote songs. He was singing with Mark Dunn. The Mark Dunn? I'm Mark Dunn, and this is the Mark Dunn Band! Hey, welcome to Monday Movie Night Raw. It's a podcast about WWE studio movies. I'm your host, Miles Platt. Uh, joining me today is Matt Brown. He's back, Matt. Hi, guys. Round two. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Round two. Uh, yeah, uh, last time Matt was here, last, um, last season to talk about... That's what I am with uh, Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. That was a wild ass ride. That was. With a uh, teacher being accused of being a homosexual. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this time, we're not talking about that's what I am. We're here to talk about Pure Country, Pure Heart, mm-hmm. which is technically the third installment of the Pure Heart or Pure Country uh, films. Had you seen any of them prior to this? No, I had no idea. No. Yeah, so it's like. I, this is loosely related. I think it's just in title to the other one. I think the other one's really popular, like the original one, Pure mm-hmm. Country. I've never seen it. So I think they just like st- used the title and then made it a new movie kind of thing. Um, okay, so it... Oh, 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 this is what I want to do. <laughs> if you'd like to borrow my copy of The Scorpion King on DVD, hit me up at mmnrpodcast at gmail.com and you can borrow it for as long as you'd like and then you can give it back to me or actually, I'll mail it to you, and then you can mail it back to me, because I'll send you return postage. So if you want to do that, email me at mmnrpodcast at gmail.com. It's the first WWE movie ever, The Scorpion King, and uh, it's a it's the uh, collector's edition full screen. That's really interesting, because I know the second Mummy movie, The Mummy Returns, I think, yep. they tie in The Scorpion King, but... I wonder if like WWE is like a sister company to the movie that produced uh, the Mummy. Like- I know. Well, so the Scorpion King's a prequel to the Mummy. Okay. So it's like the origin story, okay. as far as I know. I've never really seen it. I've only seen the that classic clip of The Rock where it's like really bad CGI of him. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so good. Yes. Okay, but this movie. Um, I mean, I guess we can just get into it, and then we'll just work our way through it, right? Yeah. Okay. So. Well, I guess so. The movie starts, and it's we see that the mom owns a cafe, mm-hmm. and it's so the the kids Piper and Ada. Do you think Ada's in high school? I was a little bit confused about that too because um, I saw a clip. Well, it's like twenty minutes in, but they get off a school bus. Oh yeah, so they must both be in high school. But like, they're never in school. They're never in school. A lot of the events of the movie take place on Saturday or Sunday, I've noticed. They seem oh, to make a yeah. point of saying that. Like, they go to the veteran home at the very beginning on a Saturday. And then they go, and they're like, oh, we'll come back tomorrow, which is a Sunday, right? Okay, so they they go to the cafe, and Piper's carrying a chicken. 
from yes, like a live chicken. chicken in a cage. Mm-hmm. And she was using it for like the science fair or something, right? I don't remember. I exactly. can't remember either. Was she said something about the science fair? It. Yeah, or like the robotics club or something. <laughs> anyway, they drop the chicken off. They walk through the back rooms of the cafe and then they go home. Um, at home, Piper or Ada, one of them, <laughs> says something about uh, how it's their dad's birthday on the 16th. But the mom seems kind of reluctant, like changes the subject. She's like, I'm going to, I'll make him a cake, you know. But then, uh, um, oh, then the mom's like, or the grandma who lives with them is Meemaw. like, Mima, we love Mima. Yeah. Is like, oh, well, it's time for dinner. And then the mom's like, oh, I already ate at the cafe. I'm going to go draw my bath. And so, <laughs> so uh, she's not hungry. She's not eating. Um, next morning, uh, a pipe breaks. Yes, and I assumed the worst. Wait, I, <laughs> I thought, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought that their mom drew a bath and was so upset about their oh dead dad God. that she committed suicide, and that the <laughs> I I thought that the water had leaked through the uh, the boards. That's I did not consider that. Well, it wasn't the 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 barn was the thing that was like dripping yeah. water. It wasn't like the house, right? right? Okay, okay. Yeah, so then um, they they have to pull all the boxes out of the mm-hmm. barn so they don't ruin all the boxes. And then Ada, right, is going through all the... Mm-hmm. Ada is the brown-haired girl. Yes. Piper is the blonde-haired girl. Just to paint a picture for everyone um, here listening to the show. Um, and she pulls out a box, and what is in there is a bunch of her dad's uh, like war mem- medal, like her dad's war medal and his uniform and his flag, and then like a little paper printed off from the internet that says that he was a... That he died in battle and that he got the silver, silver star. star. Okay, great. And so we find out the way he died was he threw himself onto a grenade to save right. his uh, partner. Which is really heroic. Very heroic. I laughed. <laughs> I couldn't help it. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, okay, so yeah, and he was a soldier in Iraq. 2004, exactly, is when he died. So um, Ada's friend Justine agrees to drive them to the veteran's home to learn about their dad. And as they walk to Justine's, oh, this is, okay, the part where they're walking in the road to Justine's house, and the sky looks so beautiful. It's like pink, and this one they're singing before they get to the horses. I I will say this, I really think that the setting is so quaint and nice, and I like how everyone's baking pies and like hanging out at the ranch's home. And I've noticed that in this movie, that pie is kind of a form of currency. (laughs) Okay, that's a fair uh analysis like every time they need information from someone they always bring a pie yeah <laughs> it's like a bribing tool yeah yeah well and then it's also used for like uh you know like sexual fit like it's like it's way of flirting too is bringing a pie for someone <laughs> so that's how they do it in uh tennessee and uh uh so they walk to justine's and the sky is so pretty i said that Okay, okay, so this is like their plan, right? So they can go to the veteran's home. They're going to tell their mom that they're going to Justine's to ride the painted horse. So uh, Piper can ride the painted horse. And instead, when they get there, they're going to take Justine's dad or mom's truck to the veteran's home. Her daddy's truck to the veteran's home. Um, Okay, so they take a picture with the horse to prove that they did, in fact, ride the the painted pony. (laughs) And... uh, we should say here, since they're taking pictures, Justine is a photographer. She loves to take pictures. An art photographer. She, yeah, specifically because Piper's standing there posed up um, with the uh, 
horse and then she's like quit smiling just stand still and then she's like well or she's like act natural and then she's like well what if my natural face is to smile right. uh which i think is uh funny she I, she got a little bit of wit to her you know like a little bit of sharp tongue that piper yeah that piper yeah uh i remember her saying art photographer what's that supposed to mean <laughs> uh of art photographer yeah i know right like what, what is this like world that they're all living in i mean i love that about justine she's got her like goals set high she's got her she's like i'm gonna go to where new york and then she's gonna go to paris yeah, Paris, after. yeah and she kind of seems like she's the liberal of the group totally she's got that uh short haircut the short hair which is brought up at one point by uh mark dunn <laughs> she's like i can tell she's smart because she's got short hair I'm like, what does that say about all the long-haired ladies of the film? Yeah, it's a uh, little sexist. A little sexist. Tearing women down. Yeah, what the hell, Mark Dunn? Why are you tearing <laughs> women down? That is so fucked up. You're a woman yourself. Oh, wait, yeah, I should say that. That Her name's Mark, but she's a woman. With a Q. Mark with a Q. I really like that. I think it's cute. I'd name my daughter Mark with a Q. I think it's got a charm to it. A southern charm, if you will. Okay, all right. Moving light along. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Ada tells Piper... Oh, they're like, okay, so we're going to bring the pie to Mr. Monroe at the veterans' home. And they go there. and uh, But then Ada tells Piper that she hasn't talked to Mr. Monroe, the guy from that, that her dad saved right. in the military. She's like, what? You didn't talk to Mr. Monroe? What are we going to do? So so while they wait to meet CJ, or meet uh, Mr. Monroe, Mr. they uh, run into this guy, CJ Sims, who's a Korean war vet. And he says he can't see that well, and he walks with a cane. Though the continuity with the cane is not there. Later in the movie, he does not have a cane anymore, and he seems like a very able-bodied young man. <laughs> so I, I didn't of, notice that. Yeah, they, they got him limping in the first part, and they got him running all over the place later on. Mm, yeah, I guess I do have a comment about C.J. Sims, um, but maybe towards the end. You want to say just, it? I'll just say, not very consistent. As an actor, or as a character? As a character. So, oh, okay. We can talk about it more yeah. later if you want. Um Spoiler Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spo- okay. Well, Mr. Monroe isn't a very interesting character either. They don't they use they shoehorn him in at the end when really they did they could right. just use him as like a plot device to like move the plot forward to the next thing. Like why did he have to come up more than once in the movie? I thought. Um or the or if they're going to set it up, do something with it. It was very lackluster at the end there. Okay, so Mr. Monroe is the guy who checks visitors in or they're talking to the guy that checks visitors in and they're like we're here to see Mr. Monroe and they're like he's like Mr. Monroe's not available. He doesn't want to see you and then they're like please, please sir, we brought a pie and then he moves and we see that his name tag says ML Monroe on it. Um, wouldn't that be Mler Monroe not Mr. Anyway, a stupid joke. Okay, so he's like um they're like but we brought you a pie. We came all this way and then he's like, "Well, no one asked you to do that. <laughs> so, um, uh, oh, but they leave the pie for CJ. And CJ's like, I like strawberry rhubarb. rhubarb. That's my favorite. Um, and then later, they go back home. At dinner, Ada and Piper ask their ma to tell them something new about their father. She says that he <laughs> likes saltwater taffy. And then Piper says, everybody likes like saltwater, saltwater taffy. taffy. And then what does Mima say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> she says she says I don't like saltwater taffy. It pulls all my fillings out. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um that is a Mima thing to say though. Total Mima moment. So next day they go back to the veterans home and 
It's band day at the veterans' home, guys. Everyone's singing. They're having a good ass time. Uh, CJ's there and he sings. CJ's a really good singer. He is a really good singer, yeah. And that wasn't a half-assed band. There are at least like six or seven people up oh, on yeah, that stage. Oh yeah, they had like trumpets up there, like guitar, mm. bass, piano, singing, two guitar. Like it was like they had everything. And I noticed that there was this woman on stage that was harmonizing with him, but like for like one second there was harmonizing, but her lips weren't moving at all. I was wondering that. Do you think that they can in the the singing and like it's just them? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It does. All, all of it sounds way too studio. Yeah. Which is kind of unfortunate because it would have been really cool if they had gotten some acoustic for the parts where they're singing like in the on the farmhouse porch and stuff. If you'd gotten mm-hmm. like atmospheric sounds with them singing, because most of the time it just sounds like like totally dead silent studio, no buzz in the background, and then just them like rocking in the chair and the wind is blowing and shit, and it's like feels very unnatural like there's a dissonance there from the visuals i agree but i love the two girls singing i think it's really good i think they're excellent singers i think that they really picked out um like actresses with really nice like vocal abilities yeah for this movie i i did appreciate that they went all out on the scene i did yeah i really like that element of it how mm. i'd like they, they take so much time with the singing because really if you get down to it the plot isn't like that fat it's mostly a lot of this time is spent like setting up songs and stuff which i think is fine because it's more of a it's almost like a musical in that way i don't know would you consider it as a musical or not um i i don't think i would no i mean there's plenty of like montages like the truck montages when they're singing but i mean i guess there are like a few like original songs for this movie Mm -hmm. you know it's not just singing Carrie Underwood covers, you know, every 10 minutes. Yeah, but... Carrie Underwood, but not Justin Bieber. Right, yes. <laughs> That's which, a line later on. <laughs> which I thought was a little uncalled for, but... Totally uncalled. Doesn't Justin do country music, too? Yeah, he definitely can do, like, acoustic. Yeah, wasn't that know, his, stuff. like, whole shtick when he first started out? Was right, on a, YouTube. A, yeah, on YouTube, he was, like, an acoustic yeah. kid. But acoustic I, kid. It was a cheap joke for the, you know the country lovers out there that like to hate on justin bieber right well i mean at least they didn't come for uh your girl lana (laughs) i'm i'm glad they didn't yeah you're right um yeah oh you know what i was listening to the other week or no not the other week literally a couple days ago was taylor swift's new album lover Mm -hmm. have you heard it i listened to it once i think it's really good Okay, what I was going to say is I really like the song, this is Relates, because it's country music. The Lover. Dixie Chick song. Oh, no, okay, yeah. Uh, uh, You'll Get Better Soon, I think it's called. That's, I think that's such a cute song. I listened to it once, um, but I did appreciate that she chose the Dixie Chicks, because I didn't know that when the Dixie Chicks were popular in the like early 2000s, um, they made a comment uh, criticizing George Bush. And then all country radio stations like basically banned their music and it kind of killed their career. So the fact that Taylor decided to, you know, sing with them, I thought was uh, a nice move. But yeah, no, I agree because, yeah, I feel like with her new album, what she's doing is like kind of trying to bring people up with her. Because I feel like a criticism I've always had for Taylor Swift is she's so popular and so famous that she could be using her platform to like be more vocal about things right she never really has been she's like very centrist about everything yes. so at least with this album yeah one she's doing good shit for the dixie chicks who deserve it two she's got the song where she's like quit making fun of my gay friends like i'm trying to you need to calm down you need to calm down sweetie get off the twitter like right yeah and then the other song um the man where she's singing about like if i was a man 
If I was a man, I'd do what I can. <laughs> Something like that. Dude, I like it. I think it's a good album. Um, hmm, where were we? What were we talking about? Uh, uh, dinner, saltwater taffy. Oh, the, uh, oh, CJ singing. It's fan night. Yes. Right. So CJ walks. Oh, this is what I'm talking about. Then he's like, gets off stage and he's like running over to the girls. He's like, girls, girls, so good to see you. And he's like, got no cane, walking fine. Seems like he can see quite fine too because he sees them from across the way and is like, girls, let me come hang out. So, what's going on with CJ? We don't know. Seems like a pretty able buddy, able-bodied young man. It was the pie. It was the Me pie. Mima's pie. Yeah, and don't they bring him a strawberry rhubarb this time? Mm-hmm. And he's like, "You remembered," and I'm like, "You like chased them out into the hallway and like shouted at them <laughs> what your favorite pie was. How would they possibly forget?" <laughs> um, Monroe uh, told CJ that Brian used to work in Nashville, so if they want to learn more about their daddy, they should go to Nashville, right? Right. This particular place in Nashville. Did you write down what the name of the club was they were supposed to go to? I didn't write it down. No. Yeah. So whatever. At the music place, the music club in Nashville, they meet Declan, who ends up being Ada's love interest, and he's totally sexy. Very good singer, too. Um, Declan Martino. And the owner... So he works at the club. Doing yes. Sound. Sound. Like, yeah. Right, right, right. And the so they go to meet the owner of the club. Declan brings him in there. I thought this guy was the worst actor in the movie. He was like phoning it in hardcore. Like definitely was not playing it off. Right. And uh, I forgot what he said right before Declan left. But then Declan was like, he's just trying to show off to you. Yeah. I felt like the line that he said to Declan, which was like, I don't know. He says, um, he, he says, uh, if you show up late again, don't bother coming back. Right. I was like. It, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't persuasive. I, I didn't buy into it. No, exactly. I was like, oh, and it, and it, the movie had such good momentum up until that point. I'll, yeah, and this we were talking earlier about the singing in the truck. I just love how it all feels kind of like road trippy and like very like they just have like good times. Like I was just smiling when I watched the movie. Like it's not bad vibes. It's literally like like southern charm, like quaint town, beautiful like plantation home, like. Mima's there baking pies and the mom's there. You know, it's just like really right. sweet. It had the, it, it could have it gone bad. It could have gone very, very cliche. Mm-hmm. But I think it was cute. You know? It was cute and it felt fresh the whole time. Like I felt like I wasn't, I mean, the plot's pretty uh, predictable. Like, I mean, you kind of oh, knew yeah. that there was going to be the whole resolution with the mom at the end and everything. But even though even though I was like knew what, I was, what ride I was along for, I was glad that I was riding along you know yeah it's like when you're following your gps you know where you're gonna go but you don't really know what's on the way you know what i mean oh absolutely (laughs) just made that one up yeah that was pretty damn good it was good um okay so the owner of the club gives them a poster and it's an old poster from when their dad was still making music in Uh, 1997 thank you i didn't write that down so in 1997 they uh he did a a show with uh um, Brian and Mark. It was the, that was Mark the sh- Dunn. Mark Dunn. Uh, Daddy played a show with Mark Dunn. Two days pass, um, and Mark Dunn hasn't responded to their email because I guess Ada and Piper emailed Mark Dunn to try to get more information about Daddy. Right. 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 So Ada suggests that they go to Declan's show in Nashville mm-hmm. to see if he knows how to meet Mark Dunn. So, uh, oh, and then they so they go to the show. He sings. Um, what did you think? Did you think he was good or bad? <laughs> he's obviously a good singer, but I feel like almost like they, they, he's not the best singer in the in the cast. I 
you know, I watched the scene, of course, but when I heard their band name, that was when I was just like, what was it? It was Kitchen Backsplash. Kitchen Backsplash. Yeah, he's like, follow Kitchen Backsplash on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm like, yikes. <laughs> yes. Which I don't uh, mean to go on a tangent right now, but I was just a little bit confused as to when this movie was supposed to take place. Their dad supposedly died in 2007. Four. Four. Right? Four, seven. I swear, the, I think it's the four. The mid-2000s. Sure. And... Um, I guess what I don't understand is all that time has passed. Now Instagram is a thing, so it's clearly like at least 2014, you know? But like, I'm just so confused. Their mom just never talked about their dad for that long. Yeah, like, right. I and then the Ford Taurus like kind of threw me off too. Yeah, it's an older. It, car. it looked brand new. Um, I don't know. There's just like. It was a Fort Taurus, the Instagram, the 1997 poster. Yeah. Uh, I was just, I didn't know what, when this uh, movie was taking place. But. Right. Well, that's a good point because if they performed in 1997 and Piper and Ada, it's so like 2017, this movie came out, right? Yes. So, well, I guess that kind of lines up because if they're like seniors and like juniors or something in high school, yeah. that's like about 1997 ish era, right? I guess it makes more sense knowing. F- that they are in high school, but when I was watching the movie, I was I just didn't know how old they were. Yeah, well, yeah, but I I, I didn't pick it up that they were in school, other yeah. than the school bus. <laughs> right, the school. Yeah. Well, I thought it was summer. I don't know. Like, why couldn't they just make it summer? Why are they? Good? Yeah, it seemed a little bit weird in that sense. Yeah, the Kitchen Backsplash. What a terrible name. They should have called it uh, Kitchen Floor. They should have called it uh, Tile Floor. Because it belongs. On the floor near the trash. Yeah, they should have called it trash bag. Kitchen trash bag. <laughs> kitchen trash bag. Drippy, drippy kitchen trash bag. Um, sorry, my cat's trying to gl- climb onto the computer, which is not okay. <laughs> That's this is Kitty. No, she wants to co-host. Kitty, come here. Come here. You can co-host. Yeah, she's not buying it now. No, now she's not gonna. I should bring her over here and squeeze her so that way she'll meow. No, I'm kidding. I don't squeeze my cat. I don't make her meow like that. It's it's a joke. Um, so then after the show, Declan takes her number and says that he'll look into a way to meet Mark Dunn, right? Um, then they go back home and Ada is all bummed out because she wished that he had, she had gotten his number instead of giving uh, her, him her number. But that wouldn't be ladylike. That would not be ladylike of her to do. So... But it's fine. It's all fine because Declan ends up calling and that night and tells her to come sing for him, bring bring her guitar. And then he texts her a little bit later and tells her that he's got them tickets to a show. And they're like, sounds fun. Let's go. But they don't know what the show is, right? So they get to the show. And whose show is it? It's Mark Dunn's show. It's Mark Dunn. That's, um, and, who, and Mark Dunn is played by Laura Bell Bundy, who I'm a huge fan of. I love Laura Bell Bundy. She's like one of my, she's one of my favorites. See, I thought Mark Dunn was a real country artist (laughs) until Mark Dunn started performing. And that's when I did a Google search and I was like, oh my God, because in the movie they made such a big deal out of, 
about Mark Dunn. And don't do any like qualifiers, like explain who she is or anything. Right. So it's like you're just supposed to know. It's like the Mark Dunn. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, so she's played by um, Laura Bell Bundy, who I don't know if you're familiar with Legally Blonde the musical, but she plays Elle Woods in the original cast of Legally Blonde the musical. Oh, I uh, like that context. Oh, it's amazing. So she's really good on it. And th- so they did like a live recording of it for MTV. That's like all very nice, like studio perform, like recorded like looks like really nice and professional because you know a lot of musicals you end up you can watch them online but they're like bootlegs from like the fifth row of the balcony you know and it's yeah. all like blurry and shit no this is like you can watch legally blonde the musical and it's like boom powerhouse laura Bell bunny's up there freaking going crazy and yeah so i love her it was good to see her again um a little bit older a little bit wiser she sounds way different i think her voice has definitely changed a little bit from 2000 i think that show came out in 2007 something like that so Oh, I didn't know it was that old. Oh, uh, Lily Blonde the Musical? Yeah. Yeah, it's been out for a bit. Um, she did like, I want to say like 300 shows, which is a lot. If you do eight shows a week, I don't know the math on that exactly, but it's like, it definitely ran for more than a year in that sense. Um, so, Mark Dunn's playing. We love her. Huge fan. What a great woman. So, Declan tries to get Mark's attention outside of the show. But then her body, is it her bodyguard or like her husband? It's not her husband for sure. Right. It has to be her bodyguard, um, Ted. Ted. Um, Who is? Go ahead. I thought he looked like a hot version of Brett Michaels until it actually showed his face. And I was like, oh, he doesn't really look like Brett Brett Michaels. Michaels. You never watched Rock of Love with Brett Michaels? Oh, um, no. <laughs> oh, it's a reality dating show that was on VH1 or MTV in like 2004. But he sings, Every rose has its thorn. Oh, does he sing that in the show? Uh, well, it's like the Is song like- that plays when like someone goes home. <laughs> <laughs> they play his song. Hey, uh, he's from a very famous band, but I can't remember what it is. Oh, no. Um, well, no, but this is actually not Brett Michaels, but none other than Shawn Michaels, the wrestler of the week. <laughs> da 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 da. Here he is, folks. Oh. He's got long hair. He's got a black cowboy hat on. He's looking very handsome. I think that Shawn Michaels is a good-looking guy. Yes, yeah, so you didn't know it was him. No. Yeah. So here we are, guys. We made it to the wrestler of the week, and it's uh, our boy, uh, Shawn Michaels. Uh, yeah. So, and he has a very minor role in this movie, and that's something I've been wanting to bring up. Is that he and Woody Nelson are both heavily advertised in the trailers and on the poster and like on all the commercials on WWE. Um, and then neither of them play big roles in the film at all. And I thought that was kind of unfortunate because they have such a good cast and, and like said, like the starring roles of the two girls are such strong actors. That's like too bad that they didn't get to be shown enough in the trailers and stuff. Um, well, my question is, uh, in the last movie that we watched together, um, the the wrestler was the homophobic dad, right? Yeah, Randy Orton, the homophobic dad. Yeah, and I didn't think he had like a really major role in that mm, one. He doesn't either. But no. in the other, and all the other movies you've watched, like they play a more like prominent role. It depends. Like sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And I I think what it is is the like the older the movie is, like when it's more like mid twenty, like pre twenty tens, like late two thousands, you know. Like, that's when you get the ones where it's, like, the Marine. It's, like, the main character is the wrestler. Whereas with these newer ones, a lot of the time, it's, like, they just kind of put them in for, like, five, ten minutes at a time, like, in the movie. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of another good example of that. 
Um, oh, like I've talked about this before. This is the same example I always use, but in the movie Incarnate, um, he, uh, Mark Henry's in it, and he's like the strongest man on earth, and he's like a pretty big like name, and he's he plays bouncer number two in the movie, and he doesn't even have any lines. I think he has like one line, and he's like, "Hey man, stop that." Number two. It's li- I know, bouncer not even bouncer number, number one. He's bouncer number two. <laughs> so yeah, we meet Sean Michaels, and he never really has much to say in the movie, but yeah, he plays Ted. Mark listens to them sing. Uh, and likes it and invites them to come sing for them next week. Um, so, yeah. Did you want to say something? Uh, no, but that was when I started questioning if Mark and Brian, the father who passed away, if they had a relationship because she was just like super weird when he when she met the daughters and she kind of like teared up when they sang and that was when I was like, hmm... Did, did they have a past? That's what I was thinking. It made it almost seemed like like unfair to not have them have a past. Like, why were they just like best buddies? And, then, and right. frankly, uh, Laura Bell Bundy and then the mom Elizabeth, or Mark and the mom Elizabeth, look very similar. Like, they're both blonde haired. Oh, Brian definitely had a, a type. Had a type. So then, why was he not? And he's writing all this beautiful music with Mark, and they're like popular, famous. They're doing all these shows. Like, why would they not? You'd think they would end up being a couple. Like, it's weird that he, he left his... Spoilers. He left his music career to be with this other woman when he, like, kind of has, like... Seems like a woman that he could be falling in love with. But I guess the heart wants what the heart wants, wants. you know? Um, but, I, yeah, I thought that was strange, too. And that could have been a good dynamic to throw in there. Like, there was... Like, that would have been an extra layer of plot if you had made, like, Mark also, like, a love interest with uh, Brian... And Elizabeth, like almost like a little triangle thing going on. Like, would they, won't they kind of thing. But, I don't know, you know. Let the past lay where, yeah. where, it, where it lay. <laughs> let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah, let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> the dogs are sleeping. Let them sleep. Come on. All right. Uh, Piper walks in singing. Oh, they go back home. And Piper's singing a Mark Dunn song. This is the part we were talking about. Right. And then Ada's like, don't don't sing Mark Dunn songs at home. Mama's going to hear you. And then... Uh, and then, the, and then Piper's like, what about Carrie Underwood? And she's like, fine, but don't sing Justin Bieber. <laughs> Shade, hell yeah. Um, oh, and then the mom's like, did y'all have fun? And then Piper's like, hell yeah. And the mom's like, where'd you get that mouth? <laughs> I think it's so funny because that happens two other times in the movies where movie, because it's, it's a PG movie. <laughs> so, right, yeah. So two other times, like you can't really swear. The most they can say is hell. So two other times they say hell and then someone's like, watch your mouth. Right. <laughs> so, so wholesome <laughs> and so cute. I love that. So, oh, so they end up going to, next day, like, Mark invited them to the house. They end up going to the house. And it's really fancy and nice. And uh, and Ada says that she should have flat ironed. Did you catch that? No. <laughs> like, I guess her hair. Oh. Um, <laughs> flat iron. I've, I haven't heard that. She's like, oh, no, I should have flat ironed. <laughs> like, honey, maybe. You got some loose leaf flyaways. <laughs> so it's a beautiful house, really big, gated, gated house. Um, Mark says that she met, oh, so inside, um, they, uh, oh, we get to see the two little dogs. One's name is, uh. Yeah, and, uh, I forgot who asked, but Ada, Ada and Piper, they were like, oh, do you, do you live here by yourself? And she's like, oh, I live with my two best friends. And I was like, oh my gosh, she lives with friends. But as soon as she started going outside, I was like, I know that she's talking about her dogs. (laughs) I'm so stupid. I literally was like, there's gonna be people hanging out by the pool. (laughs) I literally did not catch that. (laughs) 
And they're beautiful I, dogs, big. Uh, what's what are they? The greyhounds. Great, great Danes. Uh, right. I don't know. The Scooby Doo dog. Uh, Scoobs. Scoobs. Is it? Isn't Scooby Doo a Great Dane? <laughs> oh, whatever. Anyway, one's a Great Dane. Maybe one's a Greyhound. Greyhounds are real skinny though, and they got those weird fucking bug eyes, and their head's gonna pop off, right? <laughs> greyhounds. Don't they have those like really skinny bodies and like big bug eyes? Oh, I know that they're skinny, but. Well, it looks like their eyes are going to like pop out of their head. They look like fish or something. Anyway, gross. they're gross-looking dogs. <laughs> Keep them in the races, if you ask me. Don't rescue those things. Keep them running. Get them running around the track. I'm trying to bet on them, not pet them, right? <laughs> I want to I bet on those dogs, not pet on those dogs. No. <laughs> no, you don't? You, no, you can't not, do that. Okay. You don't do that. So then um, Mark says that she met Brian at the mechanics. This is, how, this is their like origin story. This is how they met. They met as a, as a mechanic, and then the mechanic's wife went into labor. The mechanic up and left, walked right out of that mechanic's office. <laughs> it's not an office. Um, uh, and then she was humming a little song, and then he started humming along to the little song, too. And then they ended up writing a song together that was like, I, I want my baby or something, but it was actually about a fan belt. <laughs> yes, people thought it was about like love, but it, it was, was actually about the fan belt. Yeah. The mechanics. Um, which we love a double entendre. Yeah, we love that. But then, so then we find out that Brian stopped singing when he met Ada and Piper's mom, which is kind of a bummer, you know? Yeah. And it's like, we never really knew how he met their mom, but I think it's cuter that Brian and Mark met, you know, at a mechanic shop. It's a way better love story. It's a way better love story. Absolutely. We're, We're all rooting for Mark and Brian. No one gives it. Elizabeth is like mean and rude the whole movie and like sourpuss. And then Brian, we don't even know what he's like. So I wonder who did the voice of Brian. I should look that up because you know how they yeah, listen they... to the recording and he talks for a little bit. Hmm. I don't know. Uh oh. So then Mark. This is what I'm talking about. So then Mark plays a song of Brian's and okay. Did you notice this on the computer where she's playing it from? <laughs> it's like Garage Band is pulled. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt very familiar when I saw that. I thought that was funny. Well, it was supposed to be like an old recording, right? Well, I guess it was well, playing. It on was the, playing on the, the tape, the like tape the. Uh, and then I saw the computer, and I was yeah, I was a little bit. Uh, it it didn't make sense to me, I guess. But yeah, I I recognize the blue waves. And oh the, yeah, I know. I was like, oh oh baby, that's yeah. Garage Band. I know that one. <laughs> um. Uh, oh, and then Ada and Piper learn the song. And they and they play it with her, and oh, who's the art photographer? Justine. Justine was taking pictures, and I thought that was um, I thought it was cute. You know, she's kind of like she's in the background. You know, it would have been cute if at like in the credits or something they like showed all the pictures that Justine took. In the- I think that in the credits it shows pictures from the movie but they're literally just like stills but i think that they made it uh they tried to make it look like justine was the one that took the pictures okay so yeah because um full disclosure i the movie stopped loading during willie nelson's song at the end so i just stopped watching it and i was like hey matt does anything happen like is there any dialogue after they stop singing and he was like no so i just turned it off um so I didn't know whether or not Justin's Justine's photos got um, the the light they deserved or not. They did show some pictures like 
that weren't stills like there was a picture of them t- taking like a selfie like in the truck and they were all smiling oh and yeah things like that but i don't think any of like the actual pictures that justine was taking like made it into the did you think uh, that photo- her taking pictures of people like around them was a little bit like invasive like sometimes people were like having a private conversation she'd just be in the back like click 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 click, like taking pictures i thought it was a little bit like justine get out of there i think uh i think she just likes the candid photos yeah, no smiling, no posing. Yeah. But then when they first get to Nashville, they're taking all kinds of pictures in front of all the stuff, and they're posing up. So what do you like, Justine? It's, what do you really like? You know? She's inconsistent. <laughs> no, she's one of my favorite parts of the movie. I think she's super cute. Do you think she mm-hmm. is a, a lesbian? A lesbian, yeah. I, I, kind of, <laughs> I, I got that vibe, not in a bad way. Mm, well, and I, well, yeah, because it's possible. Because even with this little line where she's like, says to uh, Ada, where she's like, talking about uh Declan she's like yo ask him if he's got a friend that's into photography could be a girlfriend you know so you never know it wasn't really explicit in that way yeah but yeah I don't know I thought that was kind of funny too I, I don't mean to harp on Justine but like um why do you need to date someone who's also in photography you guys could just be into different things you know well think about it. she's from a small town maybe there aren't a lot of people that are into photography right you know? she's that closeted liberal and wants to <laughs> meet other artists like her right well you know that no one knows anything about photography piper didn't even know what an artistic photograph was <laughs> um so then uh they learn the song next day they go to the veterans home to see cj but he's asleep so they can't see him but then they give mr monroe some saltwater taffy <laughs> which i don't know why it's so point- <laughs> and then you, you think that and then he doesn't get any lines there either he just is like accepts the saltwater taffy and then just is like that's it. They went to the veterans home and then they're done there. Right. And I feel like at this point, like Mark is serving a better purpose to the daughters than Monroe. Cause yeah. she's giving them way more information about like their dad than mm-hmm. like Monroe is like ever giving them. And, and he never really does. It, honestly, like no. it, it, it just stays in the whole, like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm a wounded soldier kind of thing. And then it kind of wraps up there too. But, um, so then they bring uh, they bring Declan and meet Mark at the studio. It's like a surprise. They didn't yeah. know because they show up and they're like, um, "It's a church." And then Declan's like, "Well, a lot of good singing happens in a church, so perhaps she's trying to show you some good good old music." Oh, I that's uh, it was foreshadowing really when he said that. I guess for like a something that happens literally one second after right. that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it was. So then they go in and it's a studio surprise. And the girls, they're like, so who's going to be recording? And they're like, you're going to be recording. So then the two girls are going down in the studio to record. It's a beautiful studio, though. Beautiful. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, from the outside, it looks like a regular Methodist church, but you get in there and I thought it was really pretty. Yeah. It would well, be- I like how the booth, this is probably pretty common with studios, but like how the booth is like elevated, like upstairs. And then the whole actual church, like the whole open area is the studio where you record in. Like, yeah. I guess I always just kind of assumed that studios are like smaller spaces, but I guess for something like that, where you're doing country music and it's a lot of like belting and like acoustic music, you're going to want a really resonant large yeah. space to record in. I wonder if that's where Taylor Swift recorded with uh, the Dixie chicks. Or a similar space. I'm sure. I guess we'll never know. No. Um, okay. Then they're singing. They sing the song. It's cute, I guess. I don't know. Um, 
I really think one of my, my favorite songs they sing is like where they're in the truck and her and Justine, all three of them are singing, I think is one of the best songs. Yeah, I liked how uh, the three of them were singing and I thought that Justine would like join the group. Join or the group, but like, like I said, she was just in the background taking photos. Yeah. Um, they get home. Okay, this is where shit hits the fucking fan. Yeah. All right, they get home. It's like a high. They just recorded with this famous artist. They're having a great-ass time. And th- they're saying, when they're walking in, they're like, well, all right, Mama will be mad, but we're going to tell her what happened, and it's going to be great, and everything's awesome. But then what's this? They get home, and Mom has all the dad's military stuff on the bed. She found all the military stuff. She knows that they've been lying. So they get in this fight, and Mama says that she talked to Justine's mom and knows that... Piper hasn't been riding the painted horse at all. They, they, they haven't even been over at the barn riding the painted horse. So, oh, it, it, do you remember the part where Justine says that um, her two favorite things are books and horses? No. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> I'm like, what happened to photography, girl? But, you know, she's into photography, too. It's the same part where um, Laura Bell Bundy says that she's um, real smart because she's got short hair. <laughs> Uh, anyway, okay. So Mama calls the girls a liar. And then they call Which, her a liar because she's been keeping the secrets about their daddy from them. Which, uh, her mom says that the worst thing that you can be is a liar. So, you know, that's pretty serious when she calls them that. Yeah, I know. Well, then what does that say about her? She's been lying to them, too. Uh, and, uh, Mima's there and they're like, Mima, don't, don't even say it. And then she's like, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> it's like, okay, solid dialogue. Glad that Mima's here. <laughs> but, you know, I, I like Mima. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, I do too. I liked her updo too at the end. Why were they roasting her so hard? Oh, the Bayhive. The yeah, Beehive. The, the Bayhive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like that too. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched True Blood. Uh-uh. But, I mean, I've seen scenes. Um, but Mima kind of reminded me of uh, Sookie Stackhouse's grandma before she got um killed but uh like a younger version but did you watch that whole series yes is there a girl who has buck teeth or like has like a space in her teeth and then gets it fixed later on in the series sucky stackhouse has a gap tooth does she get it fixed later i don't think so i don't know who was telling me this but somebody was like mad that she got it fixed because like maybe the actress got it fixed no that's what i mean like it's like a plot point in the movie but like or in the show but like the actress gets it fixed, I think, at some point. And people were, like, saying, like... Or someone was telling right. me this, that they, like, feel like that movie... Like, everyone has, like, perfect teeth now. And, like, you don't get, like, fun stuff like that anymore. Well, honestly, that show was terrible at the end. And if that's the only criticism that they have about that show, they don't have good taste. <laughs> um, yeah, I've really only seen the clip where uh, the the guy that owns the diner is, like mouthing off to those guys because they said that they're going to have HIV in their oh, burgers. Oh, the AIDS burger, yeah. yeah. the AIDS burger. Lafayette. Is that his name? Yeah. He seems fun. Or they, I don't know. Are they non-binary? Yeah. Um, that's great. Maybe I'll have to watch it. I mean, I don't want to watch first, it because I hear it gets bad. The first couple seasons are good, but seriously, the the last like four seasons are just absolutely terrible. What do you think made it fall off so hard? It just, it's... It's literally the most ridiculous softcore porn show <laughs> that you will ever watch in your life. Like, it it just, it, it just, the plot is just so bad. Like, it felt like a chore trying to finish that show. I was in so deep. 
I always, I mean, the more I hear about it, the more I see that it seems like there's a lot going on in that show. Like, because I thought it just kind of came out around Twilight time, just kind of like ride right, that wave. Right, yeah. But it seems like they're... I they, definitely rode the wave. Um, and like I said, it was it was good for the first two seasons, but then uh, there was a scene where one of the characters fucks his sister, and I was like, oh, I can't watch this anymore. But then I started watching Game of Thrones, and it didn't bother me at all. So well, that's another one where it was just perfect all the way through. doesn't get bad at the end at all. Absolutely, yeah. Perfect show, perfect writing. God, that show fell the fuck off, man. Like... It's tragic, actually. Yeah, and then and then when you watch the end towards the end of it, you're like, Did, was there really anything here to begin with? It really makes you wonder if like the show was ever actually good. Right. Like it really mm-hmm. ruined it, to be honest. But yeah. I don't know. That's just how I feel about <laughs> Game of Thrones. Um, my Russian history teacher keeps bringing up Game of Thrones because I guess he thinks it relates to Russian history a lot, like with the the different royal families, which I guess I've heard before, but I'm like. Can we not talk about Game of Thrones? It's a very sore spot in my life, all right? <laughs> um, oh, and then they find out they're not allowed to go to... Well, the mom says they're not allowed to go to Nashville anymore because they're fighting, right? And then Ada asks Mima. Oh, they're outside talking now after they get in the fight. The mom's like, you're a liar. You can't go to Nashville anymore. Quit hanging out with Mark Dunn. She's prettier than me. La, la, la. She doesn't say that. So then outside, Ada is talking to Mima and Piper, and Mima. Uh, Ada asked Mima why she hates Mark. And then Mima was like, she doesn't hate Mark. Um, Brian chose to stop his career to have a family. Um, Eliz- it wasn't like Elizabeth's choice for her, him to stop playing music. She want- she loved his music. She was like his biggest fan. She didn't want him to stop doing music. And so they, and then the Mima's kind of like, well, like if he hadn't stopped doing music, then you guys wouldn't even be alive anymore. So, or you wouldn't even be think alive about that. to begin with. So think about that. And they're like, okay, well, all right, sure. <laughs> if, if, and when, you know? It's like, did I ask to be born? Exactly. No one asked to be born. <laughs> uh, but well, I feel like this conversation didn't really go anywhere. Cause it's like, well, you wouldn't have been born if your daddy hadn't stopped doing music. And it's like, okay, fair. And then they're like, but she's like, I'm not in my daughter's head. I don't know why she doesn't like Mark. And it's like, that's kind of really all we get from that. But it's okay. Um, then Piper and Ada play a song for Mima, and Mama cries in the window. It's very Southern Gothic. And Mima says that was the most beautiful song she's ever heard. She loved that. And then, uh, then, then, what's this? Mama drives to Mark's house. Um, again, like I said earlier, I was confused about the timeline of this movie. Right. And the scene right before she leaves the house, it's like showing pictures on the wall. Mm-hmm. There's a picture of Elizabeth, the mom. And it's a selfie of her and a baby. And I was like, again, like, selfies, I feel like, didn't really become a thing. And until... you can turn your camera around. But <laughs> I, I feel like it, it definitely looked like a front-facing camera selfie. <laughs> yeah, I um, but, I, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. What do you think that was? Do you think that, like, that woman, the actress, has a kid, so they just used a selfie that she took with her baby, like, three years ago? I think so, too. That's what I think, yeah. Um... So Mima drives to, or not, not Mima, Mama, Elizabeth, drives to Mark's house and gives her an apology letter, but then she doesn't read the letter and they just talk instead. She just, I wonder if she even takes the letter. It seems like the letter just kind of disappears. But uh, they go for a walk with the dog because the dog doesn't even jump up on her, just walks up to her and she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, the dog. And I'm like, it's very well behaved. It's not doing anything wrong. It's just trying to 
Um, Elizabeth says that she never meant to take Brian away from her. And then, uh, and then Mark says that she's done a hell of a lot, hell of a job on those girls. So, um, mama asks Mark to keep helping the girls with music and she agrees. So, uh, I think we're kind of, are we supposed to get from that, that like maybe mama was a little bit jealous of Mark. And so that's where the soft, the sore spot comes from. Yeah, I, again, their, uh, their conflict, I really didn't understand. I mean, I guess there's always going to be that tension of you're with one girl and then he, he finds another girl and then he chooses that girl instead. But I feel like Mark would have more resentment towards Elizabeth than Elizabeth would have for Mark. Yeah. Know? So, yeah, it's... I think Elizabeth is a little petty for holding such a big grudge. Not even letting the girls sing Mark Dunn in the house, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a jealousy thing and very petty. Yeah. And it's, yeah, exactly. Elizabeth, you got the guy. Brian's a hottie. I mean, we don't know what he looks like, but I'm sure he is. He, um, and and uh, here's Mark. I mean, honestly, Mark got the better in the deal. No kids, beautiful house, two dogs, no man. Definitely a lifestyle. Yeah. But you know, that's just that's just what sounds good to me. The other one, they, the other one could be kind of cute too. Living on the farm with your with your Mima. Um, oh, so then they go. She goes back home, and Mama admits that. Well, here she admits that she was jealous of Mark, and they made up over dinner. And then she says, "All that talking made us real hungry, so we ate all this food." And yeah, <laughs> I wrote down that Mom bounced back real quick. Yeah, she's like, and now we're going to the. Benefit concert. Pack up your stuff, girls. Let's go. But I mean, you needed the resolution, right? We had to make a little, yeah. a little bound, a little full circle. It was very quick. It was very quick. Well, the movie's short. It's only like an hour and twenty-five minutes. Right. So that's with the end credits. Okay, so we find out that there's a benefit concert in Nashville, and uh, Mama wants them to invite CJ. Everyone's gonna go. CJ's gonna be there. So they go to the vet home to invite CJ. And Mima, that little, she's a little Southern belle. They, she's flirting it up with they CJ. They hit it off. They do. And CJ um, complimented Mima on her talent of making really great pies. And what does Mima say? I have many talents. Yeah! She says, I have many talents. And they're like, oh, Mima! <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what, I mean, what can CJ say? He likes Mima's pie. Am I right? Yeah. He likes that pie. That that pink berry pie. <laughs> pink berry. Mmm, pink berry. You ever go there, the Froyo place, pink berry? Yeah. Look, I like pink berry is the most is a superior Froyo place because they put the toppings on there for you. It's like Subway of Froyo. You know what I mean? Like you you point the stuff you want and they put it on there. I don't want to go. It's like a fucking buffet at the other ones where you like yeah. put your stuff on there. Ew, gross. I don't want to put my own toppings on. It's like gross as hell. Right. Plus, I don't trust myself with the proportions. You know, I. You're paying for the weight, so they're like, you're, you're like afraid. Like you're like, oh, I'm gonna <laughs> squirt some like hot fudge on here, but like only a teensy bit. It's gonna weigh like more than an ounce. I'm gonna fucking. It's gonna be like a sixteen dollar Sunday. Right. Plus, Froyo sucks. I'd rather just go get some ice cream. Am I right? I feel like they both have their own purpose. You know. What's the purpose of Froyo? Um, I have like a lot of opinions about frozen yogurt. I well, you know, sometimes I'm in the mood for ice cream. Sometimes I'm in the mood for froyo. Froyo is not even better than you than ice creams, but they're both so they're like equally bad for you. Ice cream superior, so just have ice cream. Well, I feel like froyo is you know less creamy. 
that's what the worst part about it. It's like icy. But do you like sherbet? I love sherbet. Is sherbet dairy based though? Yes. No. No. I think it's just sugar. Mm, what about Dole Whip? You ever have that? Dole Whip? Yeah. No. I, supposedly it's like a Disney thing, but I've had it like at other ice cream places. But yeah, it's like, you know Dole, like the fruit brand? Yeah. Yeah, it's like they have like their own ice cream, creamy stuff. I think it's non-dairy. I think it's probably vegan too. It's like this like, uh, like soft serve fruity stuff. It's really good. Um, it's really good when you get it twisted with vanilla. Mmm, that's the best. But anyway, uh, Mama meets Mr. Monroe and the man who saved, the man who Brian saved in the Marines. And uh, Monroe says that Brian would be proud. And that's literally all we get from him. Because, like, that's like that's his last line. Like, oh, your your your, fa- your uh, husband would be proud. And I'm like, man, they really just hammered home this Mr. Monroe guy and then did nothing with him. But that's okay. Um, it, it, except for then at the benefit concert when they get called up on stage, uh, Ada like gives Mr. Monroe like a kiss on the cheek or like gives him like a little side hug or something. And I'm like, why do we keep? giving this guy so much spotlight in the movie, but he's not even really, like, an important plot element. I don't know. So, um... Oh, and then Declan meets Mama, and it's Ada's new little boyfriend. And, uh... Um... They're like, oh, I like him. And then he's like... They're like, are you ready to sing or whatever? And he's like, hell Hell yeah. yeah. And then Mama's like, well, I like you, but you better watch that tongue of yours, boy. (laughs) I'm like, geez, oh, (laughs) Pete. So um, they show up at the benefit concert, and Ada and Piper are sitting in the audience, and then Woody Nelson walks out on stage. Whoa! All right, that's the other thing. I talked about this before. Woody Nelson and, uh, what is his, uh, Shawn Michaels both get fucking put all over the posters and everything, featuring Woody Nelson. He's, like, in it for, like, literally the last three minutes of the movie to do one song. Do you think a big part of the budget went to paying for Woody Nelson, or do you think, I mean, probably, he's a pretty expensive guy to get, I bet. Yeah, um, but I could also see him being a little bit charitable, because this movie is centered around, you know, veterans and uh, military members, and I could see him, you know, doing a little bit of a pay cut to... Yeah. I don't know if any of the proceeds of this movie went towards... Like, oh, guaranteed no. But okay, did you feel like the the, the whole all the military stuff was almost like like a cop out to actually to do any actual emotional labor in the movie? Like they didn't really ha- like they f- it's almost like whoever wrote it felt like they didn't have to like flesh out the relationships because they can just fall back on the trope of like it's sad because he died in the in the in warfare or whatever. Yeah, and this movie is targeted towards you know, country lovers, the more conservative crowd. Absolutely. And I feel like once you put anything about the military or anything in there, it's just like an added bonus, you know? Yeah. What's well, like an immediate, like it's such an easy heartstring that yes. you can pull, um, which I felt like I was being manipulated a little bit, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, fuck the military. <laughs> <laughs> we're 54 minutes in you can turn it off now if you didn't like that one <laughs> but you know yeah fuck oh brian God. he's not a hero he's a fucking idiot uh well like okay look cj's a bro he was in the korean war he was drafted he didn't get to choose that brian's a piece of shit because he fucking chose to be in the iraq war well i yeah i will definitely say that the iraq war is a war that was um not necessary 
I don't oh, think any war. I don't think any war is necessary, but especially the Iraq War. Yeah, the longest definitely... war. I just heard on NPR today that they're ta- there's like talks with the Taliban to like end the war. I saw that too. I don't think that's gonna happen. No. Um, yeah, they were saying on there that there's a lot of women in the Iraq uh, Parliament, which I didn't know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so then Woody Nelson's like, I'm inviting some friends up to come and sing because this is a benefit concert for veterans, and so I need uh, these two girls whose father, Brian, died in the Iraq War to come up and sing. Come on up here, girls. And so Ada and Piper, Piper. go up and they sing a song with Woody Nelson, and it's really slow and boring and a terrible way to end the movie. They should have picked a better song. There was a bunch of better songs before earlier in the movie. Uh, is this like an original song written by Woody Nelson? I do not know. I don't know either. I don't know. I just don't know. And uh, uh, they uh, and then um, yeah, they go up on stage and they sing a song, and that's really the end of the movie. I thought it was a bit unfair to Piper and uh, Ada that Willie just did that. Like, imagine you going to see a show and. Someone is like, oh, I'm going to have a very special someone come up here. Miles, Messenger, Platt, come up here right now. Like, I just feel like I would need preparation. Oh, like, it was unfair to that. I see that. Right. Like, if I were to be singing with Willie Nelson, as a better example, Lady Gaga, like, an, an icon, you know? Like, obviously, Ada and Piper really fucking love Willie Nelson. Yeah. I I would be... I would kind of be pissed. I'd be like, oh my God, you couldn't have like told me in advance. But obviously it, it wasn't a problem to them. Well, because... Sometimes you need that pressure. Like Star is Born. He just, mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper just brings Lady Gaga out on stage and she sings that beautiful song. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. And she belted it. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. That, yeah. That, is that the song? Is that the song where they say la, 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 a lot of times? What's no. what's the one she sings in the parking lot? Same song? Shallow, right? Yeah. La 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 la. Don't they sing like we're far from the shallow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's like a part where there's there's a lot. There's some la la la's in there too, right? No. Are you? There's no la la line. I've listened to that song so many times. It's straight words. There's no like. No, she says. What's the other one they sing? Is there another one they sing in the movie, or is that like the one? That's like the song. The one that was on the radio. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm. I swear, there's some la 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 lying in that, which is a little cheesy. It's not in that song. (laughs) Oh no. Uh, you're like no it's not fucking cheesy it's fucking awesome so is, is that movie the better country singing movie which one's better pure country pure heart or a star is born a star is born <laughs> or, how could you be so for sure for sure because bradley cooper well the thing is in a star is born all of the songs in that movie were live yeah they were not pre-recorded Oh, okay, all right, all right. And Bradley Singer has never sang in his life except for that movie, and I thought he did a really good job playing a country singer. Yeah, I didn't really care about his suicide. I found it kind of annoying. I didn't think it was... The first half of that movie, very good. The second half, mm. and his suicide, <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel... It wasn't. It didn't pull any heartstrings for I me. I was glad he was dead. He was so mean to her, and like their whole relationship was emotionally exhausting. I could not take it. Oh, it was toxic. Totally toxic. And like she's up on. I was so mad when she's like up up on stage 
accepting her Grammy, and then he's like being like a drunk asshole, like tripping all over the place. Yes, and like he like tripped right before he got on stage, and he's just chilling on the steps. And I'm like, oh my god, why isn't security like getting this man off I know. of the stage? And the fact that he like was able to stumble on stage and just like kind of like stumble like into her arms, basically like. And she's like, oh, I would just like to thank. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. Like, there's no way that, like, they would continue to let him act that way. You know what I mean? No, they would have cut cameras. They would have cut something. the cameras. They would have done something. But, yeah. I mean. I feel like most people don't show up that fucked up to the Grammys. Like, that's just like, that's a career killer. That would destroy your right. career. But he, he was an alcoholic. I also found his makeup kind of distracting when he's like, his face is all red. It, it didn't look convincing to me early in the movie. But that was just me. Oh, yeah, that was just you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, one thing I li- I could say about this movie though before we wrap up, um, I thought it, I liked the lenses they use, like the way it was shot. It's like very bright and like shiny, like like all the scenes where they're on the street and stuff. Like everyone looks like they're glowing. The Nashville glow—that's what they kept talking about. That she has that glow. That uh, the gl- that's like uh, what Declan said that he uh, noticed first about um. Ada, when he met her, was her glow. But I feel like all the, it looks really nice. Like it's like a really bright looking movie, and it's good vibes. Like nothing really bummer happens. No, but um, maybe they could have gone a little darker with some of the stuff. But it, it's supposed to be a family movie. Uh, are you mad that I given you two family movies? Like because that's what I am was also like totally a PG movie. <laughs> I feel like most of your movies are PG movies. No, most of these are like PG thirteen or R rated because they're all like action movies with blood and shooting and stuff for the most part. Um, you know I, how I gave you the option of this movie or Resurrection of Gavin Stone? Yes. Um, that also starred Shawn Michaels, so I was really giving you no choice. You were gonna, we were going to talk about Shawn Michaels, whether you liked it or not. Except one's a country movie and the other one's a Christian movie. Well, yeah, well, yeah, Resurrection of Gavin Stone's another family movie, but it's, yeah. They both came out the same year, and Resurrection of Gavin Stone was Shawn Michaels' first movie, and this was his second movie. So, we, you know, he's, he's getting a little looser on the camera by this. I thought he was a uh, he was a bit of a natural in this one. I mean, I never got the vibe that he wasn't a professional actor. He has like three lines. <laughs> okay, so now that we're done talking about the movie, unless you, well, we, we can just move on to the rating. How, does that sound good? Yeah. Okay, so um, with this, uh, well, first we have to pick what we're going to rate the movie out of. Um, I was thinking pies would be yeah, cute. I was just thinking that one you, too. You thought yeah. pies as well. Yeah. What else could we do? Um... um uh well i one one line that stuck out to me in this movie was um when piper was talking about monroe after they had just met him and she said he didn't give us one whisker of thanks oh yeah or so. uh farting i'm not gonna sit out here in the car like a farting dog yeah <laughs> one whisker of thanks, thanks. that's cute so. so we could either do pies or whiskers of thanks that one's kind of funny or we could do farting dogs <laughs> They're all really good. Those are all really good. Well, I mean, what do you think? I really like pies. I feel like that, like, since we talked about it so at the beginning, that's like a, it's like the currency of the film. They're like, everyone gets a pie at some point. Are we going to do strawberry and rhubarb pies? Strawberry, rhubarb, or pink berry, pink berry pie. pie. (laughs) That was just a dirty joke. (laughs) That's kind of funny though. Um, We'll do strawberry rhubarb pies. So we're going to rate the movie zero to five uh, strawberry rhubarb pies rhubarb rhubarb pies so um this is broken down into five categories each one is a decimal point so 
Um, think of think of it, each category as a, a zero to one scale. So it's like a percentage, right? Okay. So it's like if you want to give it like a B, let's say for like the overall score at the end, then you give it like a 0.8. You mm-hmm. see what I mean? Yeah. And then once we do the five categories, it'll equal out to a, a total number for five. Okay. And I got my phone for the calculator because I'm not good at math. Okay, so first category is believability. Believability of like the world, believability of the characters, believability of the situations going on. Um, you can go first or I can. Mm, I'd give it a, a 0. 0.6. 60% believability. Um, what did you find unbelievable? The fact that like Mark Dunn was so open to like letting these girls into her life. Right. She was basically like their second mom and how like their mom was so anti Mark Dunn slash like their father, but she just like bounced back real quick after meeting her right. once. So I mean I guess the whole Mark Dunn like being their like mentor makes sense to me because of how close her and Brian were. And I feel like her and Brian doing concerts together was like what launched her career, right? Like mm-hmm. so she wasn't very big at the very beginning, you know? Now she's like a big uh, superstar pretty much, like country music star. So I guess I could see that like she almost feels like she owes it to Brian. Brian. And she's seen that the like, girls can sing, so like she wants to foster that. But I do find that really unbelievable that Elizabeth was like so effing salty the entire time about like literally yeah. nothing it felt like. Um, yeah, and the whole motivation of why Brian stopped singing and why Mark and him had a falling out was like very like kind of felt like it was just painted over like not quite. There was there's something the that they didn't want the audience to know. They that's what it felt like. They left some things out. Okay, I'm gonna say point seven. So we're gonna get so for so you said point six, I said point seven. Mm-hmm. So for believability, we're gonna get a point six five. All right. Next is costumes, um, zero to one. I thought they were good. They looked fine to me. I'm gonna give it a strong point nine. Well, what's the what's keeping you from giving it a hundred percent? The outfit that Mima wore at the end. Yeah, it wasn't cute. Actually, I don't really remember it. What did it look like? It was. She wore like this knitted like um like robe. Oh yeah. Thing. Yeah. It looked like a like a couch knit cushion like something that an old person would have on their couch i don't know how to describe it but um i well i could rate it a one but i i think a point nine point nine is what i'll go with nothing really like stood out to me as like really great and it seemed kind of like bible belt ish like not that like everything was kind of subdued nothing was very flashy or exciting right but i think that works like costumes aren't supposed to be very like um in your face like like the costume design is supposed to like mesh with the vision of the movie like that's the job of the costume designer Mm -hmm. but since you um are a world-renowned fashion designer i'm gonna have to agree with you on the point nine it wouldn't be unfair of me to give it a point one (laughs) or yeah a one um yeah matt just got back from uh new york fashion week baby yeah um that's probably was so fun i bet you saw some great knitted blanket robes I didn't know actually. That's the one thing I wanted to see, but no one was Mima's outfit from yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, when you were watching this movie in the hotel room, you were like, Whoa, I wish I'd seen that on the runway. Right. Okay. Next is dialogue. Um what did you think of the dialogue? You know, this movie is cute. It's you know, a family movie. Mm-hmm. Um there's some kitschy things thrown in there like 
Sam's Hell or Sam Hell. Yeah. Um, Mimos. Don't Mima, say right. Sam Hell. Yeah. So, um, I, for dialogue, I'll do a, a, a 0.75. Yeah. I mean, definitely the, some of it was like, it was almost like you couldn't even sell it. Like, it was pretty bad. Like, uh, you know, like we were talking earlier, that scene with Declan and the club owner, like, that was pretty, pretty cringy. Like, it yeah. didn't really go well. I thought other than that, it's a really tight script. It just goes along, clips along one thing after another. There's not really any dead space or like unnecessary dialogue or like filler stuff. Like everything works up to the next song. Then you kind of get like a hang for the song and then it goes in the next scene. It goes in, the, it all moves along really good. I thought it was a solid, solid script. So I would say for the dial, you said 0.75. Yeah. So I'll say, um, uh, I'm going to say, I'll give a, a, a 0.8. I don't really think there's anything too too crazy about it we need to do the math i don't know the math on that um help me out oh god so 0.75 plus 0.8 equals and then you divide that by two and you get 0.77 nice i'm i'm really glad we have calculators i'm glad we don't have to use our abacuses for our podcasting oh my god how would you even do podcasts back then when they use abacuses like write them down tell it to a parrot and then the parrot flies over and tells it to people <laughs> i think it would have to be like in a like a canyon or like a huge amphitheater and just like shout, shout it, it just so that shout other people your... can like hear for it like yeah. just shout your garbage podcast for yes. like over an hour and then 25 people will listen to it and it'll just rot on the internet for the rest of his life yeah <laughs> Uh, for acting and with acting comes reacting what's acting without reacting so um what would you what would you give it the acting is that something you've heard from a director before well well when i say reacting i mean like did you think that any of the actors like undersold a reaction or oversold a reaction to like a moment in the movie as well as their acting too right um acting reacting but i mean yes there's lots of acting coaches tell you that act reacting is acting i'll say for the acting and the reacting i mean again family movie some kitschy moments mm. um i'm gonna do a 0.75 again <gasps> Ooh, that's lower than i thought i'm gonna i'm gonna vouch for this movie i thought it was the two main girls are really cute together. They do a really nice job. And just seen on top of that, like, they're really... I think that they're all, like, solid and cute together. And nothing's really that... Doesn't stand out to me. The only thing that's going to knock it down... I would literally give it a one. Uh, I thought it was great. I would give it a 100%. But they did a bad job casting the club owner in that for that 30-second scene he had. So I got to give it a point nine. I'm sorry. Okay. But, yeah, I think this is one of the... Uh, this is going to be a, a, a little bit of a higher score than some of the other ones. Um, the last two that we've done have gotten really low scores. It's been it's been bad. Um, okay, let me do the math on this. Divided by 2. 0. 0.82. 0. 0.82 for acting slash reacting. Okay, last is the overall score. And so for this one, um, when you give your overall score, give like a closing argument or like just like a closing statement that you want to leave the listener with, something for them to uh, chew over. And just your clothing, closing thoughts on the movie when you give it. I can go first or you can. You go first. Okay. So for me, I really like this movie. I thought it's um, fun. It's a family movie. It's got good. Um, it's got pure heart. 
um, pure country. Yeah, pure country. It's a pure country. It's a pure heart with a pure country. No, and I think it's um, decently shot well. I like how bright everything is. It's fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously, too. Like, it seems like it's fully aware that it's not, like, trying to be some grandiose drama with, like, like A Star is Born or something, where it's, like, trying to show you some, like, hu- human like side of the country world or something it's really just a bunch of set pieces and cute songs and fun little performances and then cute little stuff that's probably not totally realistic like uh the pies and the southern accent stuff but it was like playing into this world where like you meet a cute boy and he plays guitar and everyone's got a southern accent and you trade pies with people and the veterans are these happy-go-lucky people that live in a veteran's home and they love it there and it's really fun. Like, everything's very simplified, which I like about it because I feel like it's kind of a little bit of a love letter to this, like, middle America lifestyle that I think is cute and great and something kind of special to maybe this country. I I mean, the music styling definitely is. So for that, I'm going to give it... um, said a bunch of positive things about it so i'm gonna give it a point um i'll give it a a c probably a 0.75 total for an overall score okay um only because um it didn't totally blow me away in any real way and a lot of the times i wasn't that impressed by the the songs were fine but they were pretty much like you could almost felt like you just blow over for next another three minutes you know it's just like moving on to the next thing right so yeah 0.75 go ahead matt give us your uh closing statements on the film yeah i thought you made a lot of um positive remarks about the movie and for what it is i don't think that it's a bad movie whatsoever i thought it was cute i i i really did enjoy the singing in it i've seen a lot of you know not even family films but films where there's singing involved and it's just like super freaking cringy Mm -hmm. but i thought that they did a good job with this one um other than a few bad apples like the club owner and honestly justine i like yeah just you know a little bit inconsistent for me i just really wish that they would have gone into her sexuality but um um, no i when i first watched this movie i was kind of checking the time throughout it but then after like the 25 minute mark i wasn't checking the time you know i kind of got a little bit invested in it Um, I would go as far as to say that this one was a little bit more enjoyable than the last movie that we watched. That's what I am. Yes, that's what I am. Mm -hmm. Um, that one was a little bit more cliche. So yeah, um, I agree with a lot of things that you said and I think I would rate the movie a little higher than you. (gasps) I'm going to go with a (gasps) 0.8. A 0.8? Yes, a 0.8. Whoa. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Mm-hmm. A point eight from Matt Brown for the film Pure Country, Pure Heart. It's yeah. a 2017 country film. That's great. Well, all right. Let's see what that equals out to. 0. 0.75, 0. 0.8. And then divide that by 2. 0. 0.77 again. We already did this one. I don't know why I forgot. Okay. Well, thanks, Matt. Now we got to tally it all up. Yeah. And we can get an overall score. 0. 0.65 plus 0. 0.9 plus 0. 0.77 plus 0. 0.8. 2 plus 0.77 equals. Are you ready? Uh, with all our scores totaled together, we even out with a good old 3.9 strawberry rhubarb pies oh out of God. 5 strawberry rhubarb pies. Yeah, this is one of the higher rated ones we've had. Let me take a look back at the um, the other ones if I can get it to pull up. And I can tell you exactly 
if this is I can I know that this is definitely one of the higher rated ones. Um, I don't know if it's um, let's see if it, how it compared to that's what I am. Um, that's what I am. We gave a three point two five uh, ID bracelets. So this one rated a little bit higher. The, the thing is, is back when we re- uh, recorded um, our last episode, um, we didn't do the the, the categories. Right. It was just an one overall score. So I feel like some of those earlier ones are not as accurate to the score as they could have been. Yeah, I like your scoring rubric. Thanks. Yeah, it's you get it more at the meat of the score, you know, with the yeah. multiple categories. This is the uh, highest rated film on our list. <laughs> oh my god yeah because the uh, the second highest rated one is fighting with my family um which is actually a really good movie and it's got um lena heady in it who plays yeah <gasps> cersei <laughs> oh my god uh yeah i no. would definitely watch that that movie's cute and it has did you watch midsummer no midsommar i guess well it has florence pug in it who's the main character in that and she's a powerhouse she's a great actress um great so that's really all there is left to talk about Thanks for coming on, Matt. Yeah, thank you. I love how, you know, you had me here for your first ever one take podcast. That's yeah, that's pretty true. fun. That's worth pointing out. Yeah, because usually there's a bunch of clips, so we have time to break it up. But yeah, this time yeah. Um, we uh, did it kind of on the cut, off the yeah. cuff. So it's, so, it's a little bit different. Yeah. One take and highest rated. So as of now. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, you know, when we finally do the Scorpion King. Which if you'd like to borrow, you can email me at mmnrpodcast at gmail.com and I'll send it to you for free and I'll send you return postage so you can send it back to me whenever you want. You can watch it. You can do a watch party with all your friends. You can do whatever you want. It'll be really fun and you can watch the movie. Yay. Matt, did you want to like plug anything before you go or Um, you don't have to? Well, I, like you said, I just came back from New York Fashion Week. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We, I work for a fashion designer called R.C. Kalen. He's based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, at, in New York, we showed eight of his looks, but his full collection is, I think at least 20. I kind of feel bad for not knowing how many exact looks there are, but on September 20th in Grand Rapids, Michigan, we are doing our, um, uh, fashion show at the Amway Grand Plaza Hotel. We are... That's a nice hotel. Yes. Ambassador Ballroom is going to be the biggest ballroom. Uh, we are partnering with the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Half of the proceeds will go to them. And um, there's going to be an auction and a dinner, and it will be so cool. Um, I know probably a lot of you listening won't be able to go to that, but there is going to be... Um, a camera guy there and he's going to film it all. So I believe we're going to be posting it on RC Kalen's Facebook page, which is RC Kalen Atelier. So yeah, you can, by the time this podcast is out, yeah, it won't have happened yet. So it'll be good timing. Um, and you can go on his Facebook page and check it out. Great. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Go check, go to the Amway Grandin or check it out on Facebook, RC Kalen and Matt Brown. Thanks for, thanks again, Matt, for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. I, I love doing this. I know. It's so fun. (laughs) I love doing it too. Um, Great. Well, thanks for listening again, guys, and I'll see you. I don't know. I'm I'm not wrapping up the season quite yet, but soon. Soon I will. But until then, I'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.